This is the London Visited podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go back to Kensington Palace for our second and final part of a look around the whole palace. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. Kensington Palace contains many public and private apartments and residences within the buildings and its grounds. The palace houses 50 total residents. Aside from royals, it also hosts members of the military, courtiers, staff and citizens who pay market rent. The King's and Queen's State's apartments are state rooms and private apartments historically used by various monarchs and consorts. The King's State apartments were used for diplomatic audiences and meetings described as opulent and surprisingly sparse. The Queen's State Apartments were a domestic residence, typically used by consorts to live in and entertain. The State Apartments were first opened to the public in 1899. The museum closed intermittently during the conflicts of the First and Second World Wars, before reopening permanently in 1949. The entryway to the King's State Apartments is marked by the King's Staircase, decorated with a painting by William Kent, depicting George I's royal court, completed in 1974. The apartment possesses several reception rooms. The presence chamber features a lime wood fireplace where the monarch received ministers. The privy chamber was one of Queen Caroline's favourite entertaining spaces. The cupola room has been described as the most splendidly decorated room in the palace, also by Kent. The king's drawing room, where courtiers would come in search of power and patronage, features a copy of Venus and Cupid by Giorgio Vasari which Caroline attempted to have removed to no avail. The King's Gallery, built for William III, is decorated with red accents and gold ornaments, used for exercise and displaying paintings. Featuring numerous works by Kent, it hosts Charles I at the Hunt by Anthony van Dyck. The Queen's State Apartments consist of the rooms where Mary II and later royal consorts resided. The Queen's Staircase is deliberately plainer than its counterpart, accessible to the gardens. The Queen's Gallery, built in 1693, was previously filled with Turkish carpets and oriental artefacts, designed as a place for Mary to fulfil simple pastimes such as walking, reading and needlework. The Queen's Dining Room is where Mary and William would take their meals together in private, featuring 17th century panelling. The Queen's Drawing Room features decor from China and Japan and features William and Mary's intertwined monogram carved into the crown moulding. Mary's bedroom, where she entertained friends, is included in the apartments. Apartment 1 is a royal residence located in the southwest wing of the palace. During its vacancy from 1939 to 1955, it was divided into two, with a separate apartment 1 and apartment 1A within the space. The apartment has 21 rooms with a ward garden, as well as adjoining doors to apartment 1A. It has been described as a lovely big apartment. Apartment 1 is the second biggest residence in the palace. Previous interior rooms have included the sizeable library of Prince Augustus Frederick, 
Duke of Sussex, and the sculpting studio of Princess Louise, Duchess of Argyle. Apartment 1A is a royal residence, covering four stories, with 20 rooms in total. It has five reception rooms, each with fireplaces, as well as three bedrooms, dressing rooms, and two nurseries. The upper level has nine staff bedrooms, while the basement holds a luggage room, gym, and laundry quarters. There are three kitchens, one for family use and two for the staff. The residence overlooks a large, walled-in garden, hidden from public view in the palace's museum wing by frosted windows. The entrance hall has intricate crown moulding and black and white tiling. The apartment features art and furnishings from the royal collection. The Duchess of Cambridge decorated the space with furniture from IKEA and the interior featuring warm beiges and floral pillows, gold trim, upholstery and detailed carpeting. Apartments 8 and 9 are two conjoined chambers situated on the northernmost section of the main palatial building. The apartment covers three stories. During its use as a residence, the two-room nursery covered the entirety of the top floor. Other spaces included two reception rooms, a drawing room doubling as Diana's office, a sitting room with a television, and a formal dining room. In 1981, the apartments were combined to create a family home for Charles, Prince of Wales, and Diana, Princess of Wales. The residence had a helicopter pad and many outdoor gardens, including one on the roof and a greenhouse where the family spent many hours. Diana decorated the residence in bold patterns and lush fabrics, as well as floral wallpaper and a mix of modern and antique furniture, upholstered with golden lacquer. From 1997, the apartments have been used as office space for various groups, charities, and staff. Apartment 10 is a residence situated in the northeast section of the palace, in the public gardens. The three-story apartment holds five bedrooms and five reception rooms. Former tenant Princess Margaret described it as the doll's house. The Wren House, named for architect Christopher Wren, is a residence near the cluster of cottages on the grounds of the palace, located north of the main building. It has five bedrooms and five reception rooms. The cottage covers two stories and has been noted as one of the more modest residences within the palace. Wren House is said to have the best view of the palace's ward gardens. Nottingham Cottage is a residence near a cluster of cottages on the grounds of the palace, located north of the main building. Described as a cosy property, it contains two bedrooms, two reception rooms, and a small garden. Ivy Cottage is a residence near a cluster of cottages on the grounds of the palace, located north of the main building. The cottage holds three bedrooms. While in residence, Princess Eugenie was reported to have renovated the residence and brightened up the cottage with lots of pops of colour and various art pieces. The Old Stables is a residence near a cluster of cottages on the grounds of the palace, located north of the main building. During Sir Tommy Lascelles' occupation, it was described as lavishly decorated. During the residence of Prince Richard, Duke of Gloucester, and Burgit, Duchess of Gloucester, the house was decorated with old wooden furniture and bright turquoise walls. The King's Kitchen Cottages and Upper Lodge make up staff residences. The Kensington Palace Chapel was built in the 1830s, used for private family services and occasions. Described as the heart of the palace, it was converted into residential space before being restored as a chapel by a conservation company in 2002. The space is approximately 9 metres long, including a variety of antique features and oak wall panelling. Renaissance-era art pieces from the Royal Collection adorn the room, alongside a 19th-century brass-hung chandelier. Family events that have taken place at the chapel include the 2004 wedding of Lady Davina Windsor and the 2015 christening of Isabella Windsor, 
daughter of Lord Frederick Windsor and Lady Frederick Windsor. By the end of the 19th century, the staterooms were severely neglected. The brickwork was decaying and the woodwork was infested with dry rot. Calls were made for the palace to be demolished, but Queen Victoria declared that, while she lived, the palace in which she was born should not be destroyed. In 1897, Parliament was persuaded to pay for the restoration, which was completed two years later. The state rooms were open to the public on the Queen's birthday, the 24th of May, 1899. This began the palace's dual role as a private home to royalty and a public museum. Queen Mary was instrumental in the opening of the state apartments as a temporary location for the London Museum, now known as the Museum of London, from 1911 to 1914. The state apartments were filled with showcases, some containing hundreds of objects, including 18th century costumes and dresses worn by Queen Victoria, Queen Alexandra and Queen Mary. The museum returned from 1950 to 1976, before it moved to its next home on London Wall. In 1989, care for the Kensington Palace State Rooms was contracted out to the Historic Royal Palaces Agency, a non-departmental public body, on behalf of the Department of the Environment. Historic Royal Palaces Agency became an independent charity in 1998, called Historic Royal Palaces, HRP, which is dependent on charitable giving for management of the site. Under HRP, the Kensington Palace State Rooms underwent a two-year, £12 million renovation, underwritten with contributions from the Heritage Lottery Fund, as well as other public and private donations. New uniforms for the staff were designed by Stuart Stockdale at Jaeger. The reopening of the palace occurred in time for the Diamond Jubilee of Queen Elizabeth II in 2012. Visitors can now choose four different routes throughout the palace that offer exhibits incorporating cutting-edge digital presentations, interactive experiences, and audio sequences that bring to life the gatherings of gowns, antique furniture, and other memorabilia of notable residents of the palace. These include William and Mary in the Queen's State Apartments, the court of George I and II in the King's State Apartments, and the life of Queen Victoria in the rooms most associated with her. The fourth exhibit displays selections of Queen Elizabeth's wardrobe in the 1950s, Princess Margaret from the 1960s and 70s, and Diana, Princess of Wales in the 1980s, during their fashion heyday. The grounds of the palace were renovated with enhancements, including eliminating railings, fences and shrubs that had undermined royal gardener Charles Bridgman's original landscaping. Two new public gardens to the south and east of the palace were installed that connect the property to Kensington Gardens. The nearest tube station to Queensway, Bayswater, High Street Kensington, or just slightly further, Gloucester Road. In October 2011, Disney, in cooperation with the historic royal palaces, hosted Rapunzel's Royal Celebration at Kensington Palace, a special event in which Rapunzel was inducted into the 10th official Disney princess and crowned. All nine existing princesses attended. Snow White, Cinderella, Aurora, Sleeping Beauty, Ariel, The Little Mermaid, Belle, Beauty and the Beast, Jasmine from Aladdin, Pocahontas, Mulan and Tiana, The Princess and the Frog, arriving by carriage in a procession that passed through Hyde Park. Other Disney characters who attended were the fairy godmother and Flynn Rider, who crowned Rapunzel. An estimated 10,000 people watched the procession, and over 100 girls from 25 countries attended the ceremony inside the palace. It was the second Disney princess induction coronation to take place outside of the Disney parks and resorts, and the first to take place outside the United States. So, I hope you've enjoyed our two-part look at Kensington Palace and all its history. And it's amazing that you can go there still and go and see some of that history still intact now. 
If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk, or through our social media. It really is that easy. Thanks for listening. Really hope you enjoyed our podcast, and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.